Welcome back to the Matt Luna Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luna. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than some of the others. Um, it's been a while since I put out a podcast episode, and for those of you that listen consistently, I apologize for that. I've just been crazy busy, and when I did some of my YouTube videos, um, they just didn't translate, I guess is the right word, translate into podcasts as well as I would have liked, so I just didn't upload the audio from my YouTube videos because that's what most of my podcasts are. But going forward, I'm definitely going to try and make the podcast a higher priority and try to put out more content for you listeners because I really appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast and I really want it to grow. I think podcasts are just going to get more and more popular. And for those of you that really follow the fishing industry, you know that there's a lot of different fishermen that have their own podcasts now. And um, I have, I am one of many other people that have their own podcasts. So I'm going to put a lot of effort into trying to create some different um, original podcast only content. Um, probably going to do it while I'm driving because it's something that I can easily do while I'm driving because it's, you know, just talking and recording that audio. So um, there might be background noise or something like that, but I just got to be able to, I got to put out the content when I have the time and the ability to do so. And um, using that time while I'm driving is probably going to be one of the best ways that I can do that. So there's been a ton, I mean a ton of stuff going on in the fishing industry um, from MLF buying FLW, if you're not aware of that. A couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that, it was when I was gone at the US Open. Um, MLF bought FLW. So MLF is now going to be using the FLW, BFLs, the Costas, the Tour, all of it is gonna be feeding into the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Um, There's a bunch of different articles. I've listened to a bunch of different people talk about the entire thing and for most of us fishermen i don't think it's going to affect us too much for most of us it's benefited us because the bfls if you're familiar with those the entry fees have gone down the costas um, if you're familiar with those the entry fees have gone down and supposedly the payouts are going to go up so that's going to be awesome uh the the guys at the tour level um they, I think, are paying a little bit more in entry fees, um, which is not good for them. But um, hopefully the additional exposure that MLF says that they're gonna give those guys will pay off and the sponsors will will see that and increase their contributions to those guys. But um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that whole thing shapes up, how it unfolds, and to see you know if major league fishing can really have an impact on um, increasing the exposure and increasing the name recognition of the fishermen on that FLW tour level and make it not appear as a triple A to the to the Bass Pro Tour because you know one year ago from from 2020 so 2019 for example those guys were at the equivalent level of the Bass Pro Tour. You can think what you want about the different names and whether they're the as good or not, that's all subjective and that's your own opinion. But my point is, is they were at the same level. It was the top level of bass fishing. And now these guys are being seen as AAA 
um, instead of that top level. And I think that's going to be one of the, the hard things that Major League Fishing is going to have to figure out how to position those guys as fishermen at the top level of the sport rather than, you know, a lower level than the Bass Pro Tour. Because, I mean, Brian Thrift should not be considered, you know, low AAA level compared to some of the guys on the Bass Pro Tour. Just the same as, you know, Scott Martin, and there's probably some other guys as well that I'm forgetting, but there's some very, very good fishermen on the FLW Tour that do not deserve to be in that AAA category. So a second ago, I mentioned uh, briefly about me being out at the US Open. Um, a few weeks ago, at the same time that um, the uh, MLF bought FLW, I was out at Lake Mead. So there was definitely a lot of chatter about um, MLF buying FLW, and some guys were going to be going to the FLW um, championship or the Costa Championship out at Lake Cumberland, which is going on. Um, you know, I think today actually is the first day of competition for those guys. Um, some guys from the West Coast were going to be driving out to Lake Cumberland to compete because they wanted to fish or they want they wanted to fish for the chance to make the Forgewood Cup but one of the things that MLF did when they bought FLW was got rid of the Forgewood Cup so there will be no Forgewood Cup in the 2020 FLW Tour season they are going to have an Angler of the Year championship but the guys from the Costa level the guys from the college fishing all those different opportunities that FLW used to have available to people to make the Forestwood Cup outside of the FLW Tour are now gone. So I know a lot of guys decided not to go all the way out to uh, Lake Cumberland to fish the FLW, FLW Coastal Championship because they no longer had the chance to fish uh, or no longer had the chance to qualify for the um, FL or the excuse me the Forestwood Cup. So a few weeks ago I was out at Lake Mead for the One Bass US Open and man that thing was tough. I did not have a good tournament. I had a horrible finish. I was never on fish. Um, I caught fish in practice. I found jig fish. I found crankbait fish. I found some spinnerbait fish. I found areas that had good grass. I found um, Senko fish that I could catch in the middle of the day, high sun, no wind. So I thought going into the tournament that I was going to be able to catch limits, which I knew was going to be a, a key factor in this tournament because I know a lot of guys were struggling to get bit. They were definitely struggling to catch keepers and they were definitely struggling to get the big bites, which I could not figure out how to get a good bite or two each day. But I knew that, you know, throwing the jig, throwing that Sanko, and, and throwing some of those reaction baits could potentially get one of those big bites. You know, there's no guarantees. I didn't have an area that I could go to that had big fish in it. Um, it was just one of those luck of the draws, just hoping that, you know, you'd fish hard, you would have your, you know, seven pound limit, something like that. You'd get your big bite that would push you up into that, you know, nine, 10 pound range, depending on how big that fish was but that did not happen. I definitely thought I was gonna be able to catch limits going in the tournament, but I did not know if I was gonna be able to get those big bites. So tournament rolls around and man, things changed. Uh, we had a cold front come in during practice and I really think that hurt things, even though I was able to get bit on the final day of practice, which was right after the cold front. 
uh, we had an off day between practice and the actual tournament and something changed out there. I wasn't able to adjust and I struggled. I could only bring in two keepers per day. Um, we were able to catch fish throughout the day, but there was just tons and tons of short fish and it was just a struggle, man. I, I don't really know how else to say it. It was not a good tournament. It was really tough fishing. Um, I mean, my cumulative weight for the entire tournament was a little over six pounds. And in my past tournaments out at Lake Mead, one day, one bag was bigger than my three day total in this entire tournament. So um, it, was, it was brutal. 6.44 a day got you a check. And the guy that won, Nick Salvucci, he had, I think, 11, a little bit over 11 pound a day average. Maybe not even that, I'm not exactly sure. But it was just tough fishing. There's no way to get around it. Um, it was it was tough to even stay mentally in it because I could not figure out what to do differently. I just think I was in the wrong areas. I think I was um, targeting some of the wrong stuff. Um, I learned a lot from that tournament, but um, it was definitely disappointing. It was definitely it was definitely tough to go out there the the, the two days after. It was a three day tournament, and the first day I was pretty much out of it because I just had that tough of a day. I mean, I had two fish for a little over two and a half pounds and that's just, your tournament's not over. You still have the chance at Lake Mead to be able to come back, cash a check and stuff like that. But, you know, I just knew that I wasn't around the fish. It wasn't like I had fish come off. It wasn't like I had missed opportunities. I just was not around fish. I was not getting bit very well on day one. Um, I made some adjustments on days two and three where we caught more fish. We still could only manage two keepers in the boat um, each of those final two days but we were definitely around more fish they just weren't the right fish and I wish that um, I could go back in time and do things different in practice and find some better fish and find some um, different structure because I think that was part of the problem I was really focused on the grass but the grass was dying so I think a lot of the fish moved out of that grass into some different types of um, cover and um, I could have targeted that differently. And I think that that would have made a, a difference. I mean, it, it could have been tough. I could have just not gotten the bites that I was looking for. But um, I did learn some things after talking to some other people, hearing about how people caught fish. And I, and I kind of see how I kind of missed the boat in this tournament and missed things in practice. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed um, hearing um, some of my thoughts about the Major League Fishing um, MLF thing. Um, I hope you enjoyed hearing about my U.S. Open trip. Um, I obviously, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you're you're into the audio stuff. But I really hope you go check out my YouTube channel. It's Matt Luna Fishing. You can go to YouTube, search Matt Luna Fishing. You'll find my um, my channel, or you can go to some of my uh, my website, MattLunaFishing.com, and there's links to everything on my website. Um, I also have some jigs that I'm selling right now that I'm taking pre-orders on. I'll be taking pre-orders through probably next week. Um, I'm expecting a, a fairly large order to come in next week. So I'm waiting for that order to come in and I'm gonna buy a bunch of the material. Um, bunch of the material all at one time. It helps keeps the cost down for me and for you guys. So if you're interested in getting in on those pre-orders, go to my website and click on the custom jig page. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, what I titled it on my website, but it's order custom jig, something like that on my page. Or you can click on the, the shop 
um, icon and there'll be a link at the top of the shopping page that says if you want to get the custom jigs click here um, so go check those out they are 20 bucks a piece <clears throat> or 20 bucks for five jigs um, and there's an order form you can fill it out I'm using six cent skirts owner hooks you get to pick the jig head color um, weed guard color the skirt color so it's pretty it's pretty cool it's um, custom jigs you get to order and design them yourself um, a ton of different skirt options since I'm using the six cent skirts you just go on their website um, search through the different skirt colors they have pick one out that's in stock and um, it all goes into the order form and then I send you out an invoice to pay and then I will get those made up and shipped out to you probably within the next couple weeks it just depends on obviously how many jigs I have to make so the more I make the longer it's gonna take me to do it but um, I can't imagine it's gonna take me more than a couple weeks from the time you put that order in so um, I would really appreciate it if you guys did that. So go check out my website, mattlunafishing.com. Um, you can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, my Facebook page is mattlunafishing. Um, you can check me out on Instagram, at mattlunafishing, all one word. And then on TikTok, if you are new to the TikTok world like I am, my uh, username or whatever you want to call it is mattlunafishing underscore over on TikTok. So thanks for listening to this episode. I plan on doing a lot more podcasts for you guys, but I really hope you enjoyed listening to what I've been up to lately and some of my thoughts on this MLF FLW thing. So once again, thanks for listening to the Matt Luna Fishing Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. I want to talk to you guys real quick before we go about how you can support my podcast. You guys know I want to fish professionally and make a living doing it and I can't do that on my own so if you guys want to support the podcast that's an option that Anchor provides so I want to let you guys know about it if you're interested in doing that go to anchor.fm slash matt-luna-fishing and click the support this podcast link I'll also leave a link in the show notes if it's something that you're interested in I kind of feel weird ask, uh, mentioning it but I wanted to pass that information along to you guys also if you want to get a free ebook that I have put out. All you got to do is sign up for my email list. There'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. And you can learn about what bass seed talks about shad, bluegill, and crawfish and the different times of year that you can target those forages where the bass should be. may not be a perfect every time you go fishing way to find the bass, but it can kind of give you that yearly timeline and help you be close to the right areas where those fish are. So, Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it.